Alternative Journeys. I'm your host, Kathy McKnight. If you're like me and you've ever sat back and wondered, how did I get here? Whether literally or figuratively, in terms of your career or life in general, then you're in good company and have come to the right place. On Uncharted Journeys, you'll hear from amazing women about their straight and narrow, zigzaggy, or somewhere in between paths to success. Today's guest is a hardworking and detail-obsessed founder, author, podcast host, and speaker. She spends her days as the proud director of Calm at Don't Panic, or director of Calm at Don't Panic Management, the first virtual assistant agency to embody a people-first approach to virtual assistant success. Since 2011, she's been making matches between chaotic, overworked entrepreneurs and focused Calm virtual assistants. I swear I could use that service some days. <laughs> um, her book, Panic Proof, explains how the art of hiring and working with a virtual assistant is a, and is a must-read resource for small business owners and solopreneurs. She also offers the Panic Proof Blueprint One-Day Intensive Workshop for struggling owners who need a hand with delegation best practices to build the life that they love. She's not just the great mind behind her brand. She stays active and aware of what it means and takes to be a virtual assistant by doing the job as the manager for inbound speaking opportunities, email marketing, travel planning, and scheduling for the original content queen, Anne Hanley, your friend and mine, <laughs> um, and as the managing or the marketing director for going on to close to 20 years now for YPI Inc., a nonprofit organization that offers a two-week camp that creates a safe and inspirational environment where young people ages 10 to 18 from diverse backgrounds can explore the creative side a well-worthy cause for sure. Her life is often a whirlwind of wrangling her two young kids, speaking at events, organizing meetups, and building her latest project, which I can't wait to hear more about, the Georgetown Collective, which is a carefully curated co-working and community space in the heart of Georgetown, Connecticut. Welcome, Jess Tyson. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Well, thank you for, for so much for agreeing. I, I mean, you just going through your that it, that short intro um, of all the things that you do, and it doesn't even cover everything you do. I, you made time for me, so I very much appreciate <laughs> that. Thank you. So that was really the highlights, uh, the mm -hmm. highlight reel of, of who you are and what you do. Maybe you can tell our audience a little bit more about um, what your day looks like. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was excited to talk to you um, for a couple of reasons, but the whole idea of this journey is... Uh, really interesting to me. And especially right now, I'm at a bit of a crossroads in my life and in my career because I have been doing this, you know, virtual assistant business since I possibly could basically, which was, you know, I started as a virtual assistant in 2009 when it was brand new to a lot of people and wasn't really a well-known industry at all. Um, incorporated the business in 2011, uh, got married and had kids 2018, 2019. And then, you know, COVID happened and just being in the throes of new motherhood and dealing with a completely changing world has been very interesting. And I feel like I'm just now kind of coming out of survival mode a little bit. Um, my son was born in, in 2019. And so he was still a baby um, when COVID started. And then my daughter is now 18 months. And, you know, so I'm kind of still just I've just been in like postpartum and pregnancy and baby stuff for a long time. In addition to having this complete and total reckoning with the world and our society and especially, you know, in capitalism, the idea that we have to prove our worth by our work. Um, and I think a lot of people right now are trying to divorce themselves and their worth from their career and their work, their work um, overall. And so 
I'm trying to figure out what my next <laughs> what my next turn will look like. And so it's interesting to to discuss it with someone like you who's having these conversations with, you know, a lot of different people. Um, I've realized that I've always loved helping people. And that was the impetus for starting my business and for, you know, joining the ranks of other virtual assistants. The best ones that I've found are the ones who truly have a passion for being the right hand to someone. You know, it's not just about crossing a task off a list. It's actually about changing and improving someone else's life. And at the core of what I do at Don't Panic is that. And I look for other people who are looking to do the same thing. At the same time, of course, we are human beings. <laughs> we are not AI robots. You know, we have lives. So we also look for people to work with, you know, on the client side who understand that and who want to support our journeys as individuals and all the other things that we do in our lives, whether it's, um, you know, working with a volunteer organization or being parents or being chefs or actors or musicians, you know, all, everyone on my team has other passions besides helping people. And it's really exciting to be able to support their journeys um, holistically, you know, not just in their profession where they're making the majority of their income, but also in their other passions where, you know, maybe they do make some money from that, but it's maybe not their primary source of income. And I, I think that something that I've learned that's really interesting, especially in the last couple of years, is we have tended to pigeonhole ourselves into one career or one thing that defines us. And really, I think COVID taught us that when we do that, most of us are not actually satisfied. There's more to us than what we do for work. And when we, you know, lose all the other things like the commuting time and the social time that we get sometimes, you know, I mean, I've always worked from home, so <laughs> I never really had that, but you know, a lot of people did have that or they had just other, yeah, hobbies or, or, or social activities that they did when they, when they lost those, they started to say, well, who am I really? And what do I actually want from my life? And a lot of people said, you know what, it's more than work. It's more than just going to the office and making a buck. And I think we're starting to embrace that more as a society and just kind of like the whole person and the whole wellness journey of each individual, which is uh, a big shift. Uh, but I think it's really great and hopefully going to help us all in the long run. I could not agree with you more on one of the positives that has come out of COVID, if, you know, you always, you always got to look at the upside, right? Yes, it, it's yes. happened. So how do we take the positive out of the situation? Mm -hmm. um, and I think uh, innately what has happened across the board and some people have chosen to embrace it. Other people have, you know, chosen to dabble in it and go back to the way they've always been. Mm -hmm. But it is realizing that there is more than that nine to five, eight to 10, if you're a consultant <laughs> right, life right. that we've been leading. Um, and I love that you were so avant-garde about it. You've been doing this for, and, and, and focusing on this for more than 10 years now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, going mm -hmm. on 12, 13 years, and that must've been something that people maybe pushed back a little bit on when you first started talking that way, which I want to dig in more. But as my audience knows, I always get to the four core questions with my guests. So if you're ready to go, we'll get into those and okay. then step back into that conversation. So sure. what was the first career you remember wanting to do when you grew up? Um, marine biologist. I mean, I loved animals, loved those, those books about, you know, 
fish and dolphins. I mean, Lisa Frank, like who didn't want to be a marine biologist in my generation as a young girl? <laughs> but that was I not, th- not, not real. <laughs> I did not pursue that at all, but it was, you know, the kid thing. Yeah. It's so funny. I think, you know, the, the, the three, the three jobs that I think are most projected as young from young children are marine biologist, lawyer, mm-hmm. and I think professional something, whether mm-hmm. that's actor, mm-hmm. sports, whatever it is. But totally. I, I totally remember wanting to marine a marine biologist as a kid. Just you know, <laughs> like you get to work with dolphins and whales right. and right. you know, be by the water. Be in the water. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, and then you find out what they actually do and you go, oh maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> do you remember who the first big influence in your influencer on your life was? I mean, definitely my parents. I'm sure a lot of people say that. Both my parents are educators. Um, My dad was a principal. My mom was a superintendent, was a principal first and then became superintendent. And they just guided me in so many ways and kind of showed me that I could do whatever I wanted to do and always supported that. Did they, were they ever principals at your school? No, thank God. We lived in a town that um, was a nice town to live purposely away from where they both worked. And then my parents got divorced when I was in middle school. And then my dad moved, you know, a little further away. And so there was no risk that I was going to go to either of their schools, which I really appreciated because I think that's, it works for some families, but I don't think it would have worked for ours. That would have been like my biggest nightmare. Yeah. Just full yeah. stop. My dad Same. or my mom as my principal. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> that would have It was that bad not... enough that my dad, you know, ran the summer camp and that I was a camper at the camp. You know, that was enough for me. Enough, you know, favoritism yeah. and, you know, feeling like <laughs> I was like, you know, the boss's daughter, all that, right. you know, that kind of stuff. What song epitomizes your career path? Oh my gosh. I, I've literally been thinking about this for days, if not weeks, and I don't know, but I have to say that the song that I put on when I need to work and when I need to kind of like get out of my own head is a song by my favorite band, which is Wilco. It's called Spiders. Um, it has this driving beat and this driving sort of like bass line that I feel like is me. It's just I just keep going no matter what. And this song is like very long and it just goes and goes and and there's, you know, the the lyrics are are kind of not, you know, here or there with regards to the career with my career, but it was the only thing I could think of that I kept coming back to. And there's it there is one line though in the song that says, Why can't they say what they want? Why can't they just say what they need? And that is like that. I mean, when I think about being a virtual assistant, I'm always asking that question. Like, why are my clients so difficult sometimes? <laughs> like, why can't they just say what they need? And I mean, I feel like that overall, too. People have such a hard time verbalizing what they want and need. And if we could figure that out, and, and you know, that's actually, you know, in our next step, but what I'm trying to work on these days. But it is like something I ask myself all the time. And I mean, I do it, too. I have a hard time saying what I want and need as well. It's not just, you know, clients, but um, anyway, that was the song that I just kind of kept coming back to, even though it's not maybe conventional, but. uh, Oh, it's all good. We've, we've had the full gamut of Mm -hmm. of songs on this, on this podcast. Um, Mm -hmm. So haven't had a Wilco song yet. So thank you for choosing something different. And, (laughs) you know, I, I so agree with you with regards to, 
you know, why can't people just ask for what they need? I mean, within reason, sure. um, but it's one of the things that I've, I've really tried. My kids are uh, well beyond where yours are, 21 and 18. And one of the things I've drilled into them is just ask for what you need. Mm-hmm. The worst thing that can happen is somebody will say no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to take no as no forever. You can take no as no, not right now. Right. Yeah. So if it's something yeah. you really want or really need, just, just be forthcoming about it. You know, this yeah. dancing around passive aggressive, you know, when they first started driving, it's like, Hey mom, what's, what's your plan for the day? Are, are you going anywhere? Dude, if you want what the you car, want? <laughs> just ask for the car. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, that's so interesting. I mean, but I just think, I mean, when I think about my upbringing, I don't, I wasn't taught I wasn't taught to listen to my body and listen to myself and learn how to figure out what I need. So that's, that's part of the problem is that we just don't know how to do it. So gotta relearn that. (laughs) Well, and the funny thing is you as a mom of, of two young children know that that's what they know. They ask for what they need full stop, Literally. Yeah. unabashedly, <laughs> yeah. incessantly at times. Mm-hmm, I'm not mm-hmm. sure, you know, like the iPad is something they need, but you know, right. sometimes they do. And, <laughs> and so somewhere along the line, we unlearn that. Mm-hmm. We are yeah. taught that it's not important. And I, I love that you're conscious of that and, and working and, and talking to your kids about, you know, we'll, we'll encourage that behavior because it's mm-hmm. got to they've got to understand that it's okay to ask for what you need. Yes, You're not always yes. going to get it and need right. is relative, but yep. you know, that being said, so I can think of a couple of words that I would use to, to describe you all very positive, but Go what ahead. are three words you would use to describe you, you or your career? Unconventional, <laughs> um, fun. You know, I like to take a lighthearted approach to everything and, try to remember that we need fun and that this is not brain surgery or rocket science. Um, you know, those were the two that came to mind. The other one that just is, uh, an ever present, uh, feeling is tired. (laughs) I'm just doing a lot and not sleeping enough. Um, but you know, that may not describe my career so much as it's just how I feel. 90% of the time. I appreciate the honesty. And with an 18 month old, yeah, no kidding. You're tired. (laughs) (laughs) You're chasing, you're chasing a three-year-old and a, and a one and a half year old around. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah, It's not surprising. You're not sleeping and tackling a new endeavor. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's um, exhausting in and itself. So, you know, appreciate the honesty. That's what this whole conversation (laughs) is about, right? Is I I like people to hear others say, yes, I'm tired. It's okay Mm -hmm. to be tired. Mm -hmm. We're all going to be tired at some point. Let's own it and figure out how to move through it. So yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. So you, you mentioned, you know, you've been on a run. Uh, you have not walked, you have not crawled. It it has been a run, uh, Mm -hmm since you, since you started your business in 2011, Mm -hmm. what has that journey been like for you going back to the, our earlier conversation about taking that point of view that this is not an all or nothing. This is not your life that you're supporting, not people, not only people on your team Mm -hmm. that are are part of the organization, but those who do the virtual assistant work for you as, as part of your org, that you recognize that they are whole people, that they have other parts of their life. And 
what did that, how has that evolved? I, I can't imagine there were a lot of executives going, well, I want them 24 seven at my beck and call and, you know, clearly you don't understand what I need. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's been wild. Um, in the beginning, you know, I was in my early 20s. I was completely unburdened. I had a, an apartment that I rented from, you know, and lived with three guys in Los Angeles. Um, I, I, that was all, that was it. <laughs> like, I just, I worked, I hung out, you know, I went to the beach, uh, I went to the gym, you know, like, I, I mean, thinking about it now, I was so unsettled in my life at that point and man if i could go back <laughs> even just for like a week to that life i would uh i would be so happy uh, but you don't know i mean you have no idea what you're doing in your early 20s um i just knew that i wanted flexibility i wanted to be able to make my own schedule work from anywhere you know that was really the goal in my career i didn't really care what I was doing. I just didn't want to do something that was going to suck away my soul, um, which was why I thought that this work would be, uh, you know, I knew I wasn't going to make like the big bucks necessarily, but I knew that it would be fulfilling enough and pay my bills. Um, so that was really it. I mean, that was the whole thing for me. After a couple of, actually, it was really only about maybe a year and a half, I started getting so much work that I couldn't manage it myself and needed to start hiring people. And every time I talked to somebody about what I did, they were like, how do I do that? How do I get that? You know, it was very much like a new idea and a new career. I mean, a career I'm like putting in quotes because I didn't even think it was going to be a career. I thought it was just a job at that point, you know. Um, but everyone I talked to was interested in it. So I was like, okay, great. Well, let me just start, you know, teaching other people how to do this and overseeing them and, you know, having them help my clients out, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I was still managing the relationships, you know, I was still managing the quality of the work, but I started to have other people helping me out. And that is a whole other skill. Um, and I think a lot of us who become business owners kind of accidentally start hiring and start working with other people below us. And then, now we're doing HR, now we're doing quality control. Instead of just focusing on what we started the business for, we're doing all these other things that we really don't know how to do. Um, and that's kind of a typical path, I would say, for young professionals as well. You start in a job, a career, you know, where you're doing the thing. Then when you're promoted, you're not promoted to do more of the thing or a higher level of the thing. You're promoted to managing the thing and managing people. But then no one really teaches you how to do that. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know. I feel like it's such a broken system. But that's what happened to me. And um, I think I, I still didn't take it that seriously. I mean, I was paying people. I was writing checks, uh, you know, from my business account. There was no like software payroll software, you know, everyone that was a contractor. Um, it was very, uh, you know, fly by seat your pants, bootstrapped, you know, all of that kind of stuff. I think um, it started getting a little more serious, maybe three or four years later, um, I had dealt with some like overwork pain and, and illness and things that kind of were wake up calls for me as an owner that I needed to kind of get out of my own way and take my own advice um, and really delegate better and delegate more because, you know, just growing and growing wasn't working. I could get more people to do the work, but I couldn't 
do, I couldn't administer all the work myself. I couldn't, you know, do the quality control for all these clients, all the contracts, all the, you know, all the things that go behind running an agency. Um, I couldn't do that by myself. So I started hiring some internal people uh, around 2014, 2015, maybe even a little bit earlier than that, but not in an official capacity. And then that was when I really had more of a, you know, standard, I would say, agency structure where it was like, you know, COO, um, HR, marketing, you know, I had people in all of these different positions and that was fine for a while, but I think I just, you know, it became more and more clear to me that I didn't, uh, <laughs> how do I say this? I don't really like managing people. I just don't like being, I like being a leader. I like being a visionary. I didn't really like dealing with all the management of the people aside from the clients. You know, I liked working with the clients and helping them get done, but I didn't like the whole, you know, being responsible for someone's entire life and career. Um, so, uh, we kind of downsized or kind of changed the structure after that. Um, you know, some people found their own way onto the next thing and some people, um, you know, I had to let go, but I, I just kind of tried to pare down, like, what do I actually really need? Not, not why am I, you know, why am I growing for the sake of growth? why can't I just like see how much I actually need to make or see how much I actually can reach people and help people. I mean, my whole philosophy was like, I want to help everyone, you know, but it's like, I couldn't do that without an expense. And the expense was not just financial. It was physical and emotional for me. And, and, you know, was, was amplified even more once I had children because I didn't have any extra emotional or mental capacity to give when I had to literally, you know, grow these humans and take care of them. So, um, so yeah, it's been, <laughs> it's been a journey, um, of kind of expanding. I mean, we've grown and grown revenue wise, but I've changed the structure of the business many times and I've changed how, how the clients are managed, how the team is managed. Um, you know, I've iterated on that many times. And, you know, unfortunately, there are other agencies in the world, but there aren't a lot of other agencies like mine. So I didn't have a blueprint to follow. I had to kind of make my own way. And, you know, I've done a lot of trial and error. And that's where we're at now. I, I can hear the passion in your voice and I can hear the struggle at that, that pivot when you realize that, oh crap, I've gone and built something that wasn't my vision. That wasn't because I thought that was the right thing to do. And uh, I, I completely understand that. I've been in that situation. So I'm, was there a defining moment, a decision, action, something that really set that trajectory or maybe something else that really impacted the trajectory of not only your business, but you um, moving forward? Yeah. I mean, that that time when I got really sick and I couldn't work, I mean, that was the only time I had been so healthy. I had been very, um, 
I don't know, just nothing could stop me, you know, <laughs> like nothing could stop me. And so to be laid up, I wasn't, it wasn't even like a huge thing in the grand scheme of things, but I couldn't work for like two weeks. And to me and to the business, that was a long time. Like that was devastating, you know? Um, cause I, and I realized how much of a hand I had in every single piece of the operation and that was a problem. So that was the first thing. Um, that was probably around 2014. And then after that, I mean, this whole feeling of the, um, the team and the dynamic and, you know, working with women who, um, for better, or for worse, you know, have a lot of feelings and emotions about things. And, uh, you know, we all kind of, I think, brought that into the work. You know, I was trying to, I was trying to cultivate the team while getting the work done. And sometimes there was just, there was a lot of passion. There is a lot of passion for this work because we see the impact that it has on our clients. Um, but I had trouble kind of bringing everyone back down sometimes and being like, this is just a job, you know, like it. And, and I, cause I didn't want to really say that, you know, I want, I liked that people were passionate and wanted to put their whole self into it. But I think that was, that was a problem when we were all so involved and so um, committed, you know, it just became kind of like unhealthy, I think for ever, for everyone and for the organization. Um because we couldn't turn off. And now we have terms for that. I mean, at the time it, we didn't know burnout, you know, we didn't know uh, what, what that all meant or, or how ha not having breaks can impact us. Um, and I, I didn't have a word for what it was back then. This was maybe like 2016, 2017, but I just knew it wasn't working. And I, I felt, um, I remember feeling like in my chest, like just closed, closed and like pain. Um, and some of it was anxiety, <laughs> but some of it was just like, this doesn't feel right. I don't know why. Um, but I just knew that I, like you said, I, I wasn't, it wasn't going the way I wanted it to. And I didn't know how to pull it back aside from just making a big change. And I would say, you know, this business has gone from, you know, me to me and a couple other people to me and five people to me and 10 people to me and 20 people, 30 people, you know, it's kind of always really quickly jumped from step to step. And sometimes, uh, it, you know, we weren't really ready for that. I mean, I don't think you're ever ready for a big jump like that. But um, it was just, like I said, kind of growth for the sake of growth without really making any adjustments to how we were growing. And so, you know, and this is what I'm working on kind of with my team and my money people now is like the profit is the profit. If we're just growing for the sake of growing and the profit isn't increasing, like <laughs> no one benefits from this. It's just more for the sake of more. And um, I really had to rewire myself and my brain because that's how I thought that was like I said in the beginning kind of what I measured my success on was like more just more always more and that is not true <laughs> and it's not um it's and you don't have to do it you don't have to do it if you don't want to do it if it's not serving you um so it's just been you know this long journey of of figuring that out in my own mental shift of well what is this going to do for me and the business 
I always was putting other people first. I was always like, well, I really like this person, so I should give them a job. I should find a place for them. They really want to work for me. I really want them to work for me. You know, they're they're really nice or they're really caring or they have, you know, whatever it was, you know, I was always trying to find a place for people. And um, I, I think there were also some other times where I had done that so much. And then I saw times when people didn't do that for me and then was kind of like, oh, wait, <laughs> We're all just out for ourselves here. I mean, we can be for other people too, but if we're not looking out for ourselves first, it really doesn't matter. Um, and so, you know, the 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 time of of getting through that, and then of course becoming a parent is huge for that because you all of a sudden don't have a hundred percent to give to your first baby, which is your business. You have to give it to your live human baby. So, you know, all of that has all of those moments have been, you know, the impetus for change. I love that first baby to your first <laughs> human baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anybody who has started a business can absolutely relate yeah, to that statement. Yeah. Uh, and yes, it's a different, you love all your kids, but you love them differently, including yes. your business. Yes, absolutely. So what does it look like today for you? You've gone through a lot of change. It sounds like there was a fair bit of retrospection, mm -hmm. you know, in 2016. And now that, you know, two kids later, a pandemic later, um, you've got your book, you've got this workshop, podcast. I mean, clearly a very, very full life, uh, full and busy. But I hear very much that you're f working very hard to find that balance to... Mm -hmm. And, and balance doesn't mean 50-50, mm -hmm. rarely does it mean 50-50, and, and, you know, most of us get that and we're okay with that. So what does it look like? What, do, what gets you up in the morning? What are some of the challenges and the compromises that you're making and learning to make in this new stage and, and focus? Yeah, uh, a lot. <laughs> like everything. I feel like I feel like a completely different person than I was in 2018, 2019. And that is shocking. Uh, I, w I was not expecting that. I thought I could keep going and doing this forever and ever. And I the way the way I'm still so involved, the way the business is so much about me is great. You know, it's done well, but I, I can't do that forever. And I'm kind of coming to terms with that, that I can't be the face of this in this way forever. I'm still very passionate about the work that we do. I'm very passionate that everyone deserves to have an assistant and good, really good, great assistants are hard to come by. And I think that that is a mission worth pursuing. But maybe the way I'm doing it with, you know, just having individual retainer clients, you know, that work with us for however long isn't reaching as many people as I could. You know, maybe I need to be doing more workshops or um, speaking or, you know, just getting the message out in a more meaningful way. If they want to work with Don't Panic, great. But I can't do the bigger work of changing, you know, the culture about assistance and changing the feelings around delegation and all the bigger things that I want to do if I'm so in the weeds with this agency. So um, so that's where I'm at, you know, trying to figure out, okay, so what does that mean? Does it mean that I'm um, just focused on being like an evangelist and and doing workshops and speaking and writing? And if so... Who runs the business? <laughs> because that's right now what makes the the money. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of agency owners get to that point. Yeah, Jay Bear, who was my first client, who, um, you know, I worked with for 
I don't know, probably 10 years. Um, got to that point with Kevin and convert recently where, you know, he was able to sell it and now he's working, he's still, you know, doing a lot of consulting and marketing and, and everything else, but he also has a tequila education business now, you know, he's getting to do so many of the things he's always gotten to do. I think a lot of the things that he wants to do, um, just in a different way, definitely that I have, but you know, is that my next step? You know, will we sell don't panic or is it going to be that we just get different people involved and then they run it. And, and I have, you know, like I said, more of kind of a consulting role or an evangelist role. Um, I don't know yet, but I know that the, the, the bigger mission and the bigger, um, purpose that I feel like I have with regards to this work is being stunted by my 24-7 involvement in the day-to-day of the agency. So I am, you know, taking my own advice. I am delegating. I am (laughs) trying to hire who I need to hire, you know, put the investments where I need to put them so that I can see, you know, if this other way will work and what that could look like, you know, slowly. Um, I'm very much like a knee-jerk reaction person, and I'm trying to uh, tamper that impulse because there have been times where I've been like, burn it all down, you know, like, let's just start from scratch. And I'm just going to go get like a Starbucks job or, you know, just something where you can like clock in and clock out and not keep myself up at night worrying about this stuff. But, you know, obviously that's not the answer. And you need people in your life who are going to remind you that uh, (laughs) you just need to take some deep breaths. You know, same thing I tell my toddler when he's having a tantrum, you know, ground (laughs) yourself, take some deep breaths. This too shall pass. Um, And I'm trying to just be patient and let these things come to me and trust myself because I still often feel like I'm the 22 year old, you know, who's doing all this for the first time, because so much of what I do is for the first time, but that doesn't mean that I'm not experienced and it doesn't mean I don't actually know the answer. I just have to listen better for the answer and follow that and just take one next step instead of trying to solve the entire problem at once. Um, and that's really hard for me, <laughs> but I, um, I'm, that's, that's kind of been my, my mission and my, my motto for 2023 is, you know, taking the next right step and just deciding what the next one is when I get there and, and not panicking. That's always the mantra. Don't panic. <laughs> I think that's so funny. Um, I, you know, taking one step at a time and, that, you know, as uh, a relatable A-type, we want to have the path set. We don't Mm -hmm. want, it's not just about, okay, I'm going to take the dog for a walk. Okay. The first step is to open the door. The next step is to walk Mm -hmm. onto the porch. The following step is to get down to the end of the driveway. Then you can decide whether you go left or right. Mm -hmm. And that's a really, really difficult thing. And that's Mm -hmm. not to say you have to make those decisions slowly, they can come sequentially. They can come one after the other, but it's about making them sequentially. It's not, Mm -hmm. it's a, it's not about, you know, eating the whole big marshmallow all at once. It's about taking bites and and whatnot. So, but you brought up something. 
Go ahead. Well, I just was going to say for me too, like the plan, making the plan and having it work was my life. Every time I wanted to do something, every time I made a plan, I did it. I mean, that just was how I operated. And I know that is very privileged and very lucky. And it was only, you know, in the last few years where all my plans went to to crap, you know? And, <laughs> you can swear. Um, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure. Um, and so... I think, you know, you just don't learn that until it happens. You just think, well, if I do all the right things, if I make all the right plans and think of every possible thing, it'll work. But you just, when when it doesn't, because you can't think of every possible thing, especially when there are other people involved, <laughs> uh, then you start to go, okay, there's no point in worrying and, and trying to over plan this because, you know, it's not going to work out anyway. And you're just going to be disappointed. Yeah. So you mentioned that you have days where um, going to work at Starbucks and being a barista, mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. absolutely is my dream some days just because you're challenged, right? Yeah. You're still, you've got to get those, you know, grande, non-fat, double shot, blah, 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 <laughs> blah, 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 and get it all right, mm -hmm. right? And making sure it's just, so there's an art and a skill. So there's still a creative side. So totally get that. But seriously, if you weren't doing what you were doing, if you had an alter ego in a parallel universe, or you went back and, you know, could do something different, not to say you haven't enjoyed what you did, but you know, mm -hmm, if you mm -hmm. couldn't do what you did, what mm -hmm. would you be doing? Um, I love food and I love, I mean, I think it's still in the same vein. I love service. Like I worked in, in restaurants growing up and, you know, in college and I love that. I love, you know, making someone stay with a plate of food or a taste of something. I also love to travel. So I think, I mean, I, maybe I would be like a, I don't know, like a, either like a travel culinary writer or, um, or actually, you know, working in a kitchen or running some kind of, I don't know restaurant. I, it's, I don't know if I want to run a full restaurant, but um, yeah, I mean, my dream even right now, which maybe could still happen is I have, I've started this sort of, you know, collective and this mom's group here where I live. And I want to have these like dinners in my yard with, you know, moms who are doing something, which they all are uh, just kind of this, like, yeah, this, this uh, culinary and entrepreneurial women's thing. <laughs> so that might, that might be how I'm able to combine, combine the food with the, with the business. It's a great idea. Totally see that taking off. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I think so. I'm I would have been all it. over that 20 years ago. <laughs> great. <laughs> my kids are I'll little, do it. Little, yeah. My, my kids are a little past the, uh, the mom and tots group. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now there, now there needs to be, um, there needs to be that for empty nesters. Yeah, so well, you could still you, connect with other people. It doesn't right? matter how old your well, kids may, are, you know. Yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. I'll start one here. We could yeah. start one like across across the border, right? You do the, the U.S. <laughs> that sounds I'll do great. The Perfect. Um, all right. So, I mean, Jess, you've been so generous with your story and advice and your experiences. So appreciate the honesty for our listeners, particularly the women in our audience. What would be the best piece of advice you could give on either life, career, success, happiness, whatever you'd like to share? I think so much of what's happening, especially from COVID and, and the burnout 
conversation and all that is like learning when to say no. Um, but I think when you're starting anything and you're young or even if you're not young, but you're just new to something, I think you have to say yes to everything and not get stuck in your own head about what something is going to be, you know, not have expectations for it. Just experience it. Talk to everyone. You know, you never know when someone is going to say something that's going to spark some idea and just be generous with what you share too. I mean, I'm someone who is like, if I don't have it fully fleshed out, I don't want to say anything about it because I don't want to, uh, I don't want to disappoint someone or, or I don't want them to think that I'm stupid or whatever the reason is. But I think when you are sharing as you go, those ideas I mean, they multiply when you start talking with other people about them because you get their brain trust onto your idea and you get to get feedback real time as you're building it instead of, you know, after it's already been built and then you're going back and saying, oh, shoot, I wish I thought of this or thought of that. And it's like, well, if you just talked to me, I would have told you, you know. So being generous with your time and your your yeses and your and and not having expectations and just taking every opportunity to to meet people, to try things, to do things. You know, when I was young, I was going to conferences all the time. I was talking to strangers everywhere, airplanes you know, and maybe I, I've been told I have like a familiar face, like people just talk to me. Maybe that's not the case for everyone, but, um, that, but you just never know who you're going to meet and what idea or what, you know, friendship or business relationship you can find from that. Um, I just think that that's everything. I mean, people, I think people are everything. And so say yes, when you're, when you're learning, when you're on your way, and then, and then that also informs when you're more established, when you can and should say no. But I think this idea of like saying no a lot right now is like, it's not the full story. I think you have to say yes first in order to know when to say no. Could not agree with you more. I had a year of yes, uh, which I won't go into, but it was very much about breaking those boundaries of fear and fully baked ideas and just yeah. going for it. So, That's awesome. um, yeah, I think that is an absolutely amazing uh, recommendation. Thank you so much for your time today. Uh, where can our audience find you? Yeah, so my site is don'tpanicmgmt.com. MGMT is short for management. I think if you just type in don't panic management also, it will just redirect. But when I first started the, the business, fun fact, um, don't panic management was like a theater company in London. Ah. It is no longer. Um, when, But uh, I couldn't get that domain. The domain, nothing was happening on the site. And I tried to get it from them <laughs> and I couldn't, but now I have it. So anyway, don'tpanicmanagement.com is where you can find out everything about the agency. That's also where you can listen to the podcast, which we're working on season two now. Um, I also have the Panic Proof Blueprint, which is my workshop style program. That's a one-on-one -on -one intensive with me. It helps you learn how to change your mindset about delegation and create a 90-day plan for figuring out how to create your ideal work schedule, um, how to manage your energy levels with work, and how to delegate all the things that don't bring you joy or tap into your unique value. So that's at panicproofblueprint.com. Um, and yeah, I'm always happy to talk to people. So connect with me on LinkedIn, um, send me an email or message. And uh, yeah, I love talking about 
how we can help ourselves, <laughs> help ourselves live better. Love that. So Jess, thank you so much for today's conversation. I, I just loved having this conversation with you and, and everything that you share. I could relate to a lot of it. Um, to my audience, thank you for listening to Uncharted Journeys with me, your host, Kathy McKnight. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Jess and hearing about how there's more to life than our jobs and finding the balance is really key. And by saying yes, you learn how to say no. If you're keen to hear more amazing stories from amazing women, you can head over to unchartedjourneys.net and listen to some of the other episodes. You can also sign up for our email list, as well as check out the links and resources in the show notes. Thank you again for listening. See you next time. And until then, enjoy the journey. I like to rest my heavy head.